Our scripture reading this morning comes from Leviticus 19, verses 9 through 19. When you reap the harvest of your land, you shall not reap the very edges of your field or gather the gleanings of your harvest. You shall not strip your vineyard bare or gather the fallen grapes of your vineyard. You shall leave them for the poor and the alien. I am the Lord your God. Also Mark 12 verses 38 through 44. He sat down opposite the treasury and watched the crowd putting money into the treasury. Many rich people put in large sums. A poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which were worth a penny. He called his disciples and said to them, Truly, I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all of those are contributing to the treasury. For all of them have contributed out of their abundance. But she, out of her poverty, has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. The word of God for the people of God. Let us pray. Holy God, send your spirit upon us, that as your scripture has been read and your word is proclaimed, we may hear with joy what it is you have to say to us this day. Amen. I want you to imagine. Hold your breath. Make a wish. Count to three. Come with me and you'll be in a world of pure imagination. Take a look and you'll see into your imagination. We'll begin with a spin traveling in a world of my creation. What we'll see will defy explanation. If you want to view paradise, simply look around and view it. Anything you want to do it. Want to change the world? There's nothing to it. I really wanted like a cane that I could whip around. Whip, whip, whip. Some of you, I know what you were imagining because in the movie, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, the 1971 version, dare I say the most important version, even if it isn't as true to Roald Dahl's book of a similar name as others. In the movie, viewers are mesmerized by this first room that Wonka's guests enter the chocolate room. All around them are a garden of exotic plants and wild flowers growing by a flowing chocolate river. Everything in the room is made of candy and everyone goes on a wild spree of complete sugar frenzy. But all I've ever wanted was to taste that buttercup flower that Willy Wonka drinks some tea out of and then bit. Come with me, he says, and you'll be in a world of pure imagination. Want to change the world? There's nothing to it. 
And I would say, in that moment when he sings those words, that's the moment the movie tips into fantasy. Not with the singing Oompa Loompas, not with the everlasting gobstoppers. It's the idea that we can imagine a different world and that we can make it come to be through dreams and creativity and magic. Now I know, I know, I'm typically the Pollyanna one, the dreamy one, the glass half full one. But I also know that good people throughout the ages have longed for a better world. And we still suffer from the human conditions of greed and war, suffering, and need. Which is why I think I want to look at our story today just a little bit differently. The story of the widow's offering or the widow's might. Just a little bit differently today. Now often when we read this story or teach it or preach it, we praise the poor woman for her incredible faith. She had so little to give and she gave it all to the temple. Bless you. It was sacrificial giving. She gave all that she had and left with empty hands. Now Nathaniel Hall writes, a quick Google search can tell you that one mite, the widow's offering, is less than a penny. How can you have less than a penny? Would you carry that in your pocket? I would not, he says. What are you going to buy with half a penny? The widow's offering tells us that she was extremely poor. Are we to mimic the widow's behavior? Does Jesus want poor widows to give away every half penny they possess? Paul goes on, however, have you, never, have you ever noticed that Jesus does not praise the widow for her offering? He does not even encourage us to duplicate her. He simply states what she did as a fact. The woman gave all she had. Yes, he compares the widow's offering to the offerings of religious leaders, but I don't think Jesus shares this widow's story to persuade you to follow her example. Jesus uses the widow to illustrate an entirely different point. That point, Hall argues, is that the rich and powerful religious leaders are actually taking advantage of the faith of those like the widow who are in such dire need of the resource of help, so in dire need of help, but who are guilted almost into giving the meager resources they have lest they be branded as ungrateful or unfaithful. Instead, it should have been those that have 
that reached out to rescue her, to make sure that she had enough to eat and firewood to warm her home and company when she was lonely. Don't get me wrong, there is something lovely and nostalgic about considering the woman's gift as a gift of gratitude and faith. To be so grateful for what she had and to trust in God so completely that she took it upon herself to participate into the offerings of the temple so that she could do her part, much like the story of Misty's mom. But that there's the flip side, right? The other side that says the religious leaders were growing fat and wealthy on the gifts of the people to the treasury. And that perhaps they were neglecting a sacred duty to care for and love those that were in need. We still have institutions today that prey upon the marginalized and the poor. Sometimes it is the church. Although there's a reason I'm a United Methodist, and many of us are, we don't have many wealthy leaders in our denomination, but that doesn't mean there aren't ways that our church structures benefit those that have more as opposed to those that don't. It's up to us to look at those things, to change them. But it's so much bigger than the church, right? Corporations and governments and those in power often clutch for more power, even though it might be wrenched from the hands of the poor or underprivileged. And at the same time, each of us can still be challenged to find that sweet and lovely place of gratitude in our hearts. Gratitude for what we have, gratitude for the day, gratitude for our communities, gratitude for a loving God, and feel that we are so abundant in our resources that we want to give out of that abundance, no matter the dollar amount in our checkbook. So yesterday at our fall festival, we did end up having our fall festival yesterday, even though we had to move everything inside, and there might have been a few less people than normal at our fall festival. I was kind of in the corner of Fellowship Hall, um, beckoning children over with glow sticks to enter our glow room, which we had set up on the stage, and just was loving with pure delight watching the parents chat, the kiddos run all around and laugh, and the preschool teachers and all of our staff interacting with everyone. I have a two-year-old friend named Hunter. I don't have favorites. Man, I love Hunter. Or Spider-Man, as he was dressed as yesterday. He came over to me and all he wanted was to sit on my lap and eat fruit snacks. So you just pull one out, be a little orange pumpkin, a little like purple witch face or a little black bat. I don't know what the black was flavored. Together we just watched the chaos around us and enjoyed the shapes of the fruit snacks. When all of a sudden Spider-Man's brother the Green Lantern, also known as Drew, 
came over and saw that Hunter had fruit snacks. And despite the candy and bouncy balls and tattoos and spider rings that had, were just spilling out of Drew's bucket, Drew was sad that Hunter had fruit snacks, and he didn't. So Hunter reached into his little bag, pulled out a bat-shaped fruit snack, and gave it to his brother. Sometimes I imagine a better world. Sometimes I have the audacity to believe it would be something like that. If you want to view paradise, simply look around and view it. Anything you want to do it, want to change the world. There's something to it. I think we can do it together. I pray these have been the words of the Lord for us this day. Amen.